Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show. And uh, joined by Bill Jones on the call the other night in Seattle. And Bill, welcome to the Mosley Show. I love, I heard like, I think I heard a South Lake Carroll reference. And then there was maybe another area high school. But that's one of my favorite things about your broadcasting. You work some of those high school connections in. And I'm trying to remember which one it was. But uh, you're always on top of that. And just know that it's much appreciated. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Mosley, the Lake Highlands grad that you are, right? Well, I am a. I live in Lake Highlands. I am a Kaufman oh, High sorry. School That's right, graduate. Kaufman. Yeah, you're and Kaufman, I almost, I almost just went with that. All the time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. I just, uh, I, knew I didn't want to be a poser. Uh huh. I, I married a, I married a Highland debt. I married a Wildcat, a Lake Highlands Wildcat, who was in the oh, Highland debt. So I kind of there, married. There you go. I married yeah, into it. Well, you've yeah. had time to digest what you saw the other night. I, I'm I'm curious. Do you where do you stand on the Cowboys not getting their starters involved? You see Mahomes. You see how others do it. Cowboys have won 12 games, two years uh, running. Um, do you are you have you come around to thinking? Hey, this probably is a okay way to do it. McVay did it, and they won a Super Bowl. Um, where do you kind of stand on that? Because it always worries me about, like, the O-line. You would like to see an O-line perhaps function together a little bit in the preseason. Where where do you stand on that as a guy who always calls these games on TV? Well, I would say it has to do with your O-line. If you have, if you're, uh, if you have an offensive line – your first teamers are going to play, then I've got no problem with your quarterback playing. The problem that the Cowboys have is they have injury issues on their offensive line with a future Hall of Famer named Tyron Smith that you don't want to get him hurt in a preseason game. And so your left tackle is already going to be out. And so the other problem is uh, someone asked me, do you think Dak would play at Seattle the other night? And I said, there is no way in the world Dak would play at Seattle. That's how Dak got the job to begin with, was at Seattle seven years ago, almost to the day, (laughs) when Tony Romo got uh, hit at the 38-yard line right in front of where where we were broadcasting the game. Cliff Averill came down on him, and it basically ended Romo's career, but it began his TV career. Yeah, very lucrative and that Coliseum performance that Dak had, I guess, the week previous to that, boy, that was a – we didn't really know that that was the true coming out party, but, boy, it was good. I mean, that, that, that one kind of grabbed our attention, and I was there for that. I remember being in person, and you were probably calling that game. That was kind of when we knew, like, whoa, whoa, maybe, maybe he's a little bit uh, – better than what you think of for your usual fourth-round draft pick. That's right. And if you recall, going into that training camp, uh, us um, in the media, some of us uh, experts in the media, had him fourth on the depth chart behind Jameel Showers even. it was uh, The pecking order was Romo, Kellen Moore, 
Jamil Showers and then Dak Prescott because <laughs> of our expert eye in OTAs, it did not appear that this fourth round draft pick was going to work out at all. It builds Rake Toll here. First time, yes, long time right. in the new understudy for Matt Mosley. I've been what? warned in advance about you. <laughs> I don't know if anybody could warn you enough here. I'll try to dial it all back and, and start slow here. Man, Deuce Vaughn. I look at a guy like Deuce Vaughn who obviously needed to prove himself at five foot five in the offseason and another touchdown in this one. The fourteen yard run was was what I would, I would call it a wily run. What have you what did you see from him? Did he pop off the page like he did for us watching at home? Oh yes, most most definitely. And and how in the world? Can a running back who's shorter than Mickey Spagnola make it in oh. the NFL? Matt oh. Mosley. <laughs> uh, I like that one. an inside joke, but yeah. uh, but oh man, Deuce is going to he. You know, there are going to be other franchises around the league that are going to be saying. How in the world did we not know? What did the Cowboys know about Deuce Vaughn that we didn't know? Yeah. Of course, his dad works for the Cowboys, and so they knew all they needed to know about him. I'm, I, and we may even say at some point that how in the world did the Cowboys wait until the sixth round to take this guy? You know, mm. kind of like what we said about Dak. How in the world did they wait until the fourth round to take Dak? Yeah, it worked out, but how many of those guys did they want before him, right? Connor Cook, Paxton Lynch, we could go on because they they look like geniuses now, and every scout wants to say, well, I was the one who wanted to get Dak, but they went after several before him. And I will say the late, great Wade Wilson was a big proponent of Dak's, and I always tried to remind people of that. He went to Mississippi State and and spent time with him because you remember Dak had a little off-the-field thing yes, that a lot of people forgot about and uh and i think wade got very comfortable with him and said that's completely out of character with what happened and uh and the rest as they say is history but some of us hey, do hey, remember bill paxton lynch right. and connor cook and all those other people and you also remember charles tapper the former oklahoma sooner who was taken earlier in the fourth round by the dallas cowboys they didn't even take dak with their first fourth round pick they took charles tapper who tapped out of the nfl a short time later <laughs> charles tapper i do kind of remember him and he, he he came in around the time i remember you know gallimore who's still hanging around came in and Oh, similar eras. I don't know if it's the same class or whatever, but that's interesting to think about. Gallimore must have been a couple of years later. Yeah, but he, was, uh, he, was he later. feels he feels like a veteran now, and it's never great when those veterans, by the way, Bill, are out there like late in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. It's not always a <laughs> a wonderful sign. It may be good for you because you you're up there calling the game. You're like, I know that guy. There's Gallimore. Yeah. Oh, there's Quentin Bohanna. But it's probably not great news for them, is it? That's right. Or Dante Fowler, a former third pick in the draft. He's not playing late in the game, but he's playing early in the game. And you wouldn't think that a third pick in the draft would even be playing in any of these preseason games. But that shows uh, how little money Dante Fowler is playing for. That's basically how they make their decisions on who plays in these games. It's the ones who make the less amount of money to play in these games. Uh, Bill Jones, CBS 11, with us here on the Matt Mosley Show. Bill, and I may add, I may add, that's how they pick the ones who broadcast the games. <laughs> it's the ones who make the least <laughs> amount of money. Me, uh, Bill, um, I, I 
tried to avoid it as long as I can, but Mozzie Smith, just a, a tough night for a guy who is who, who needs the work. Another one like Deuce Vaughn who needs the work in the offseason. What did you see from him? And and in the past, look, is it abnormal for a young guy to struggle this much in, in preseason games? Well, I am not going to pretend that I know anything about uh, coaching uh, nose tackles, or one techniques, as it were, in the NFL. So I'm going to... Uh, uh, bail on that part, and, uh, and that once again, Matt was a probing, hard-hitting question from Drake. There, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it time on Mozzie. And you know why? Because this man can lift about 700 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm not gonna say anything that's not nice about Mozzie Smith. No, um, I th- I think that you'll find with. Uh, with off, with defensive linemen that it you know it's you're not playing northwestern anymore and yeah. these are even even the second and third teamers were pretty good in college and i, I think there's a learning curve and i think a lot of it has to do with technique and um if uh, the more learned observers will say well, if, if he gets turned sideways He's getting flushed out of there, but if he can maintain his base, he's he's all right. One of the things they're trying to work with him on is getting some penetration because they think that uh, what belies his stats for Michigan, they think that he can actually get some sacks in the NFL. But for now, uh, it's baby steps, I think. And here's the other thing with Mozzie. Uh, he's going to be paired with Jonathan Hankins. Yeah in that position. And so they're giving him as many snaps as possible here in the preseason. But once it comes to regular season games, uh, it's going to be split between those two. And then in passing situations, they'll have other guys on the field. All right. I I did like to see uh, Tolbert the other night. He continues to really flash in the preseason. And this does not just seem like flashing seems like a guy who's ready to take the next step and um, and, and be that fourth wide receiver. Uh, Bill, you've seen a lot of these practices firsthand. Is this just a continuation? It just seems like with some of the catches he's made in Oxnard uh, and then in these games, he's just kept it up. Uh, it, it is amazing that one that jump that people can make in one season, uh, and it seems like Tolbert's made it. And it seems like a guy yeah. who's going to – Going to just, he's begging, you got to give him opportunities. And the Cowboys will. They'll find a way to get him on the field. But he, he looks, he's been a very, very positive story. Yep. And they, they say you make your biggest jump from the first year to the second year in this league, what you're alluding to. The other thing, you know, I've spent 20 years now doing these preseason games. And so I've studied a lot of these guys when they come out of college. And there, here's another thing that is, uh, that, that I notice. And in the case of Jalen Tolbert, you know, he didn't play much his first couple of years at South Alabama. His last couple of years, he finally got on the field and was productive. And you see that trend, I think, with a lot of players comparing their college careers with their professional careers. Even guys who go on to have successful NFL careers become starters, there are some that their first couple of years in the league, they aren't doing much, you know, and you got to, there's a transition that goes on that, uh, and a lot of times those same players are the ones that it took them some time to make the transition from high school to college too. 
Uh, Mozzie Smith's an example of that. Mozzie Smith, when he was first in Michigan, he wasn't doing much of anything. It was just the last couple of years that he finally got on the field, got stronger, and started making an impact. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, on the other hand, he came, he came out of Round Rock, and he goes to Kansas State, and he's playing as a freshman, and it's no problem at all. It, he uh, And I think a lot of it had to do with he grew up in a football household, and, you know, so it, the – Stage wasn't too big for him uh, coming out of high school, even, and I think that the, I think he's going to play a lot as a rookie in the NFL. Talking quarterbacks, Will Greer, thirteen for eighteen hundred and thirty-six yards, no touchdowns, one interceptions. I, I looked at he sacked three times. Guy's running for his life a bit and still played well. He's twenty-eight years old. Cooper Rush is twenty-nine. I I, I liked what Will Greer showed. Is there a chance you open up a conversation about Greer competing with Rush? to sit behind Dak Prescott? Well, I think that conversation has been open the last couple of years. And last year, Greer got hurt in the preseason. So Rush kind of won it by default. But I do think they went into the preseason last year thinking that it's an open competition, uh, truly. And then what Rush did in the regular season, obviously, goes 4-1, and got the opportunity. And now I think, and I like what Rush did the other night. I mean, he it was against primarily first-team Seattle defense out there. He led an 80-yard, 17-play drive. And as we said at the end of that drive, there's your Texas Coast offense. And yep. uh, take what the defense gives you, which it still seems like to me with Will Greer, He's not necessarily taking what the defense gives you, as evidenced by the interception by the former Oklahoma Sooner Trey Brown on the goal line the other night. Uh, the other thing, the other issue I had with Will Greer the other night was at the end of the first half, uh, this, some of the clock management uh, decisions that he made on the field right before the two-minute uh, warning where I thought that he could have scrambled for a first down instead through an errant pass over the middle that could have been picked, went incomplete, and then the Cowboys were left with a third and one, came out, and he got sacked, and they had to punt the ball away, giving Seattle another opportunity there late in the half. If, if, if that is a regular season situation, the talk shows are blowing up about it, uh, probably yeah. com- complaining about the play caller, the head coach. Mm-hmm. Man, shocking to hear you bring up uh, where Troy uh, Brown is from. Uh, a former <laughs> Trey Brown. Trey Brown, Trey Brown yeah. sorry. Yeah, I can't read my A lot mind. of Texas Longhorns remember Trey Brown coming off the edge of a Big 12 championship game and sacking Sam Ellinger. Or, but maybe you don't Golly. remember that. That, that so was a long time ago. When, that was a long time ago when <laughs> Oklahoma was playing at Big 12 championship games. That was the joke. Yeah, I was about to make the same joke, so that was a preemptive strike by you. I was going to say, that takes us back a little while. Bill, the demise of the uh, the Longhorn Network. What will you do with your evenings now uh, with Longhorn Network and all those volleyball games and replays of the 2005 uh, uh, National Championship? Was that 2006 with Vince Young over USC? Will you uh, will you move on with your life with the Longhorn yeah. Network? And you can you believe it was such a huge deal at the time, and it really ended up being much ado about nothing. It really was, and I thought at the time it should have been much ado about nothing. It was basically a television channel that was a team website, and the Aggies went to the SEC over it, and now there come the Longhorns and the Sooners right behind them a decade later. Uh, but no, yeah. Uh, 
I've got I'm getting sick of flipping over and they keep showing that forty nine to nothing Texas win over OU last year. So <laughs> <laughs> I blocked it. I blocked it on my uh cable here. I I can't believe Baylor and OU in the last opportunity. It's not happening. The Bears not playing Oklahoma State or OU this season. And Bill, I know you don't wake up thinking, well, what about I'm gonna miss the Bears. I know that's not number one on your list, but I mean we had some we've had some fun matchups over the past decade or so. And uh, I thought the Bears not getting either Oklahoma's maybe it's a good thing schedule wise or, or winning wise, but still, what a bummer. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see the Sooners one last time, especially given how the Sooners looked last year. Yeah. And and I would like to see them play each other in non-conference games now going forward, you know, but it's not going to happen, apparently. I, you know, I married into the Texas Tech family. My wife was a Red Raider, and so um, I've always thought, ever since A&M left the, uh, the Big 12, went to the SEC, that, I mean, that for Texas Tech is a big rivalry. For Texas A&M, it's not, but that's a, it's a shame about what's happening to college football now. I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, who knows when they'll ever play again in football. Now, Bill, uh, look, I like to do my research. This one wasn't hard to find. Third place for you in the Texas UIL UIL State News Writing Competition. Uh, What are first and second place up to now? (laughs) Well, first place was Al Michaels. No. Um... (laughs) Um, I have no idea, actually. I have no idea, but I think that is the greatest award that I have ever achieved. In uh, since I wasn't good enough to, I was good enough to play varsity basketball on a nine and twenty-one Irving MacArthur team. Wow! In fact, uh, if you can look deeper into uh, Wikipedia somewhere, um, there I was actually the MVP of that team. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, <laughs> You know, others can can claim that they won state championships in high school. I, well, I got third place in the news writing competition. It was a miserable weekend where I had to go with others down to the UIL contest in Austin when I could have been out with my friends in Irving. But of course, yeah, the uh, the Irving schools now in the district with Lake Lake Highlands, Highland Park, Pierce, Jesuit. It's not uh, it's not good times for the Irving schools. They've never recovered from your departure. But boy, they used to play some great football. I mean, it it, it really I kind of remember all three being good at various times. But I remember great college players coming out of those Irving schools, and so it is a little sad now that they're just not getting much done uh, football wise these days. But that's okay, Bill. Yeah. We'll. We'll, uh, they'll turn it around at some point. <laughs> at, at some point, yeah. Brian Bosworth out of MacArthur High School. Oh, the great man. Alan Lowry out of Irving High School, who taught me how to get into a three-point stance at the Irving YMCA many decades ago. Wow. Blast from You remember past. Alan Lowry? He was the Cowboys assistant coach, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely do. Uh, Alan Lowry. Those are good names. And uh, I just remember some of those recruits. I can almost, if I thought hard enough, I could remember Max Imfinger, the great at the time. He was the recruiting guru. And then he would, somebody would be coming out of 
Irving MacArthur. And it was like, oh, my gosh, they're leaving our, they're leaving our state boundaries. And they're going to Notre Dame. And they're going to, you know, USC. And that was a, a big story in the 80s. We're not keeping kids at home. Now, SMU was good at keeping kids within the state lines. But then they just kind of got caught for it. Uh, they were good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they had Who, the Who's the best one to come out of Lake Highlands, you think? Ever. Yeah. Uh, Merton Hanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a good one. Merton Hanks was pretty great. We've had uh, Phil Dawson was an incredible, oh, yeah. incredible career kicking. Uh, I remember him had kicking to... like a 50. It was a Lake Highlands playoff game at Texas Stadium. He kicked a game-winning field goal, which I think you can find on YouTube somewhere, which was like, well, 30 years ago. Yeah, then it would have been against probably like Nacogdoches or somebody like that. But yeah, that mm-hmm. was uh, yeah. Those were Marcus those were Stiggers was he a Lake Highlands guy? Unbelievable. Uh, also, longtime NFLer Marcus Coleman played DB for the You're Jets. Up and, now, no, 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 no. I promise, because he was with okay. uh, uh, Parcells. Brought him in. Marcus had a little trouble out there, yeah. and Parcells brought him in at some point. You remember that? And he got like I think maybe he finished out his career, or he had a little brief stint. With the Cowboys, but he's a Lake Highlands kid. Stiggers was unreal. Detron Jackson, who played for the Denver Broncos and played for the Aggies. I mean, they had some great ones, but Stiggers was, as far as a high school player, not, you know, I mean, there's nobody better. I mean, he was unreal. But no one went viral as much as Mike Zafudo, the Lake Highlands coach on that Plano East Tyler, John Tyler game. Yeah. Right? He was, was one of the announcers say, on that game. Yeah. Yeah. And John, John Eddie. Somebody, was it Eddie? John? Yeah. Oh my God, or whatever they said. I'm going to be sick. That's right. Good and they were on the Almighty. Yeah, I'm going to be. And Zaputo said, oh, I'm going to be sick. Those poor they were, kids. They were on the Johnny Carson show for that. They you know why? You know why they were on? You, you know, and I think it may have been Jay Leno, but it was the Tonight Show. Okay. Johnny Carson had retired by then. You know why they were on? Because. Why? Because I made the executive decision. That night, I was working at Channel 5 in Dallas. I made went over my head and made the executive decision to keep our live truck uh, feeding back highlights of that game on that Saturday night for our 10 o'clock newscast. The game was going long, and these announcers were so great. And the game was so great, we kept them. We paid overtime for the engineer to stay at the stadium because we were uh, tapped into the um, Plano telecable broadcast of the game. And so we then sent that to NBC. I was working for the NBC affiliate. A producer at the Tonight Show sees it, and then the next day calls the mailman, who was Eddie Clinton, who was doing the play-by-play, and they were they were on the Tonight Show two days later. <laughs> That's my real claim to fame there. <laughs> by the way, Zafudo was a good recruiter. Back when, you know, recruiting, well, I guess it's still not allowed in high school, but Zafudo, <laughs> if there was anybody on the border of Hillcrest or Lake Highlands and they were a good athlete, guess where they were going? <laughs> they <laughs> they some... somehow wound up at Lake Highlands, and now they wind <laughs> up in South Lake. Yeah, yeah. Bill, it was fun. It was fun. I'm glad you got to meet Drake. Uh, Drake well, then got to hear some story time between a couple of old guys, which I think he needs that kind of I, Yeah, I was born for none of this, guys. Thank you for filling me in. <laughs> that was that was good. But um, 
Bill, enjoy being around. you got some grandkids that are coming by today. You still, to me, look like you did 25 years ago. And so when you mentioned you had grandkids, it was a little bit jolting to me because, of course, that means I'm getting older, too. But uh, anyway, have a great day. I really appreciate you doing this. All right. I appreciate it. I look forward to uh, hearing more from Drake in the future. Oh, you will. Thanks, Bill. Tr- trust me. Uh, there he goes. Be the Drake show coming up. <laughs> You'll be my first guest, Bill. Only if you're okay, only if you're you available. Go. There you go. I I appreciate it. There he goes, Bill Jones with uh, CBS 11, and calls those uh, games for the Cowboys in the preseason. Used to be Drake, the uh, voice of the Rangers as well. Did Rangers wow. baseball uh, back in the day? Okay, 